Vincent Grissom, and this is Applying God's Word, a teaching ministry from the Word of God. This is study number 87, titled 1 John, The Evidence of Faith, Part 2. An overall reminder of Part 1 is that 1 John is a New Testament letter of five chapters. In his letter to the churches of Asia Minor, present-day Turkey, John advises Christians on how to discern true teachers by their ethics, their proclamation of Jesus in the flesh, and by their love. John further describes various tests by which Christians may determine whether or not their communion with God is genuine, and he teaches that the proof of spiritual regeneration is a life of active righteousness and so he gives them the evidence of genuine faith. So today we'll talk about obedience, love, and belief as evidence of our faith from 1 John. The first evidence is obedience, and I'll give three examples, with the first being chapter 1, verses 5 through 10. Verse 5. Now this is the message we have heard from him and declared to you. God is light and there is absolutely no darkness in him. If we say we have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we are lying and are not practicing the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we don't have any sin, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. The second example is 1 John 2, verses 28 and 29. Verse 28. So now, little children, remain in him, so that when he appears, we may have boldness and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know this as well. Everyone who does what is right has been born of him. And our third example is 1 John 5, verse 18. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who was born of God keeps them safe, and the evil one cannot harm them. Our actions under inconvenient or extreme conditions reveal whether or not we are a true believer in Jesus Christ as the Son of God and Savior of the world. Some people who claim to be Christians are humble and generous. Others are selfish, greedy, and judgmental. Both say they trust Jesus. Both think they trust Jesus. But their actions reveal what they truly believe. Actions produce two different kinds of people. John is saying that the best indicator of our true belief and our true devotion to Christ are our actions. We might say we believe something, but do not do it. We might think we believe something is true, but cave when the pressure is on. See, we never violate our true beliefs. One of the tests John gives to get at the truth of what our fellowship with Jesus Christ is like is obedience. The best indicator of our true beliefs and our true devotion to Christ are our actions. When you evaluate your last week, what priority would your actions reveal you give 
to Jesus. Look at your speech. He said to stop passing judgment on others. He taught that you are to look out for others instead of always looking out for yourself. He taught that we are not to lie nor discriminate between the rich and the poor. What does the obedience test reveal about your fellowship with Jesus? The second evidence of true faith in Jesus is love. Let's look at a few verses starting with 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. The world is passing away and also its lusts, but the one who does the will of God continues to live forever. John comes back to the subject of love in chapter 3, verses 10 through 15. Verse 10. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. Next, he writes this passage in chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. Dear friends, let us love one another, because love is from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Sometimes Christianity is accused of being just a bunch of rules and commands. Yes, there are a lot of rules and commands. But did you ever wonder why we have rules and commands? What we discover in the Bible is that the rules and commands were not only meant to tell us what to do and what not to do, they were given to us to show us how to draw near to God and to relate to Him. This is true in other areas of life. Rules and commands are given to help us achieve what we want to accomplish. The people of Israel came to Joshua and said they wanted to follow God's commands. Joshua turned them down. He rightly said that they did not have what it would take. They would turn away from God. Israel insisted they truly wanted to love God and follow him. So what did Joshua have them do to express their desire of love? He led them to be bound to a covenant to follow God. Christianity does not start with rules. They are put in place for us to fulfill our desire to love God not to coerce our love for God. So is your Christianity described by desire or duty? Have you lost your first love? Or is there this yearning to know God more? One test of God's love is to love like He loves. He loves people. He loves the body of believers. Do you love people and the body of believers? 
The third evidence of true faith is right belief. False spiritual teachers were a big problem in the early church. Many churches fell prey to pretenders who taught their own ideas and advanced themselves as leaders. John wrote this letter to set the record straight on some important issues, particularly concerning the identity of Jesus Christ. Let's close today with these verses. 1 John 2, verses 22 and 23. Who is the liar if not the one who denies that Jesus is the Messiah? This one is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son can have the Father. He who confesses the Son has the Father as well. John continues to warn about false teachers again in chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to determine if they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit who confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit who does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of Antichrist. You have heard that he is coming and he is already in the world now. The fundamental test of the professing Christian concerns what a person believes about Jesus. Impostors either diminish the humanity or the deity of Jesus. The real Christian goes beyond believing Jesus is the Son of God, Savior of the world, and Lord of the universe. The real Christian has a relationship with Christ that shows up in their behavior. Jesus is the criteria we use to evaluate every teaching or way of life that comes our way. We reject the teaching that reject the full deity and full humanity of Jesus. We reject the casual sex in our society because Jesus said that to even look at a woman with lust is to commit adultery, and it is he who determines our morality. We reject materialism that takes every dime and spends it on accumulating things, but ignores the desperate plight of others' suffering. We know that a new world is coming and we live for eternal values. Christ shapes our view of the future. There are three tests for the evidence that you have saving faith, obedience, love, and belief. If you are charged in a court of law for being a Christian, is there enough evidence in your life to convict you? Let's pray. Father, your word tells us that we have a heavenly inheritance reserved for us in heaven. And so I pray that we no longer be conformed to the pattern of this world and squeeze into its mold, but instead submit to you, Father, day by day, to be increasingly transformed into the image and likeness of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to take every thought captive and to surrender our heart and life to you in true obedience and godly humility. May we who are your children be drawn closer to you and each other as you do a work in each of our lives. Build us up, Father, into a spiritual house, I pray, where Jesus Christ is the cornerstone, and may your indwelling Holy Spirit prompt and guide us Encourage and train us in obedience, love, and faith. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.